Welcome to Friday Night Party Line. Tonight on the show, we've got Skojo. Hey, Skojo. Hey. How you doing? Uh, I just got back from a 10-hour drive Jeez. from Ohio. Yeah. I remember that. That's Tell terrible. About that. That's- yeah, yeah. My, uh, my wife's... Uh, Lara's uh, grandmother died, and oh. we had to go out to the funeral. So it was a sad time. Yikes! My condolences. That's terrible. Yeah, seriously, Jeez. happened on my family recently. Serious yeah. condolences. Ah, uh, that voice you—that uh, voice you just heard was uh, one of the set unit that is Judith and Natalie. Hey, hey, ladies, how you doing? Hi, hi. We live together. <laughs> Is that what we call marriage now? <laughs> <laughs> Judith and Natalie uh, are the hosts of the podcast Gay Breakfast Podcast. It's uh, it's entertaining. How you do doing? Oh, thanks. I'm doing pretty, pretty good. good. We're playing Breath of the Wild. We're kind of addicted. We just yeah. got it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, we're sharing a file because I'm good at puzzles and stuff and noticing things. And I'm good at beating the crap out of everything. Yeah. Oh, that, that's yeah. a useful skill to have, yes. Well, tell me about it. <laughs> and of well, course... I know how I got these scars. <laughs> <laughs> and of course we have Cherba, who, by the way, at time of recording, it is Cherba's birthday, at least here in the United States it is. His birthday this is, is correct. Past in, uh, in well, yes, but ever since I, ever since I lived in England... I got used to having a three-day birthday because first Australia gets it, then yeah. America gets it, and then finally England gets it. <laughs> but yes, thank you. Thank you. Did you have a good birthday, Cherbs? Old. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, actually still a bit hungover from it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm aware that dogs were present. Uh, there were a great many dogs. We went down the local brewery and drank a great deal. <laughs> Pepper Pug? Yes, Pepper Pug. Pepper Pug was great. <laughs> cinnamon bun tail. Oh, she had the best little cinnamon bun tail. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and as uh, as yeah. I also mentioned on Twitter, like the night closed out with me like just wobbly as shit, cuddling <laughs> Pepper the Pug and critiquing everyone's Tinder matches. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a vague memory of saying that someone's fucking red hot Tinder match looked like a pudding. A pudding? <laughs> yes. Like, like a little pudding, or like those fancy. Uh, uh, we have a we we have a special guest star. We have we have, we have Kaylee here. Hey. Kaylee. Oh, man. Hi, Kaylee. Kaylee can't hear us. She uh, she had a lot of uh, eleven o'clock at night bedtimes this week, so she's uh, fighting. Oh jeez! There's no up to talk politics yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Spicer's boss. <laughs> I'm gonna go put something on for her in the other room. <laughs> okay, copy that. Spicer's boss for replacement. All right, so uh, until Scojo oh, gets, I couldn't. Fi- oh, oh, go ahead. I couldn't figure out where those fucking voices were coming from, and then I realized I still had a tab open with the fast karate stream in it. Jesus. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's uh, let's get started. Scojo uh, knows the topics as well as we do, so uh, he can, he'll jump in. Um, so we're gonna do a little bit of a, a check in with American politics. We've been dodging it a little bit. Uh, up until this point, but we should. Uh, it's a good. It's a good point to check into it. Uh, uh, I'm good. You're good. 
well, you know, Skojo loves this, so we can't leave it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> Comey, uh, FBI, I'm sorry, former FBI Director Comey, as the change of his title might uh, might tip you off to if you've been living under a rock, um, was uh, was fired in perhaps one of the most obvious ploys by the Trump administration yet. Um, never mind the fact that the whole administration couldn't even stay on message, but that's something to <laughs> bring oh, up a little no, later. Every couple hours and different people said different things. He did not have any of his team on the same idea. So everyone was improvising <laughs> in all different directions. It's been an amazing clusterfuck. Oh, it's been and so nice. It was an obvious lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at some point along the line, Trump said that uh, he was fired because, you know, nobody at the FBI respects him. Mine Wilst, the ac- acting FBI director, basically <laughs> says, what the fuck are you talking about? We all love him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah meanwhile, the FBI is like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, we like him more than you, son. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's just been one it's of, just been insane. One of the things that I've seen as a common uh, sort of fallacy talking point coming from the right is, why did the left like him all of a sudden? They didn't like him before. And <laughs> it, it's just so ridiculous because nobody is exactly a fan of Comey. Yeah, the question isn't whether or not we like him. It's whether or not we want the investigation on Trump to continue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just because we don't like him doesn't mean we think it's not bullshit that someone gets <laughs> fired for a bullshit reason. Yeah. Well, that that was like the that was the most amazing comment out of the White House where they were like, <laughs> we didn't think that there would be any political blowback because the Democrats don't really like them. But what they didn't really take into account was that Democrats might not like Comey, Comey, but they really don't like Trump. <laughs> so if, if the guy investigating Trump, they don't necessarily like, but they think he might be doing a good job of that. They definitely don't want him to suddenly be fired by well, the know, person he's investigating. Well, you know what I mean? The, 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 one of the big mm-hmm. points about this is that if, if Comey was going to be fired, the time to do it was during the transition, not... Mm-hmm. Not now. Especially you know. since there's an interview from, what, a month ago where Trump said that he has confidence in Comey yep. and so on He's such so a forth. great guy. So great. You need to do that too well. <laughs> you just need to get your, your hands like this. Make them smaller. That. Yeah, just well, like look behind your head so that they look smaller. <laughs> and then do this. I'm not a contortionist. Oh, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> like, reverse, uh, reverse my shoulder. No. It's not even that I necessarily thought Comey was doing a great job on the investigation, but the fact that he was fired makes me think he must have been doing a good job in retrospect. He was fired immediately after testifying. I mean, on top of that, the fact that the letter that put out that was put out, quote unquote, uh, by Trump to Comey, there were parts in there that were so obviously put in by Trump afterwards. Oh yeah, def. What was it? Uh, assuring like, three times that he was not yeah. under investigation. Oh no, but I mean, like that's the worst firing letter ever, <laughs> I right? <know>. I mean, <laughs> why would you? Why would you even put that? Like, there must not be anybody who edits any communication he does or has like any permission to do any changes because who in their right mind would let a communication like that go out with that kind of line? <laughs> it, it like, almost, who in their right mind would let Donald Trump be fucking president? Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well I mean, hey, the thing, is, hey the thing is with that particular line in the in the communication, mm-hmm. and basically everything that's come out of Trump so far uh, since, it kind of strays into the territory of, methinks the lady doth protest too much. 
I mean, yeah, if I was his communication, uh, like department, like Spicer and all them, and I saw that Lester Holt interview, I would have just been like, I quit. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of what Spicer did. This is why I, this is why I'm popping all these like anti-anxiety pills. (laughs) It's just something that we always need to keep in mind is that these people still thought it was a good idea to work for Trump. Mm. Their judgment is already obviously a bit off. Well, it's, 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 it's not exactly that so much as once you join an organization and it is like fundamentally corrupt, like you always, like it takes people a while when they're in a job, like you kind of want it to work, right? Like when you join something and you're working with them. So it's, it's sometimes really hard when you're in an organization to realize when that, when is the time that you need to like pull that one ace card and like, you know, resign with your middle fingers up, you know, like everybody always <laughs> says like Mattis, they're like, they're always like, well, Mattis would resign if he thought that uh, if he was asked to do something that he didn't agree with. And I was really? like, well, no, probably not. He would probably try to make it work. Right. And it would be like something really crazy, like <laughs> that would cause him to actually just be like, okay, guys, I'm out. And <laughs> thinking of Mattis, he would probably not shy away from fucking giving Trump a bollocking if he wanted to <laughs> but it, I, you know and like the guy who wrote the um the, the justification is like somebody who's well liked by a lot of people i was listening to uh, rational security and the guy's like i'm friends with this dude this dude should have known that this moment was a time to be like no sorry i'm not writing this yeah and especially if you're going to write that statement like just at the end like that guy uh what is his name ron um uh, anyway, his point is, all goddamn yeah. week. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, he didn't actually say to fire Comey, but he he went all the way up to that point, and then like was like, "Well, you know, I'd recommend that we got somebody who could do these things that Comey didn't do." <laughs> and and so, <laughs> and then of course they just throw him under the bus, and they try to yeah. say that he was the reason why they uh, decided to get rid of Comey. And then you know, like you guys were mm. talking about as I walked up, I think. Uh, Trump contradicted the whole story they were giving for like 12 hours. <laughs> and Trump is fundamentally honest, right? <laughs> uh, honest when he's talking about how he wants to bang his daughter. Oh. He stole that one from me. <laughs> I did, but I said it first. Oh, it's yours now. Oh, I'm on a rolling chair. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, she gets the sound bite for that one. Oh. <laughs> uh, my goodness, what a close up. My thing is that, so the really interesting thing here is that a lot of people are now comparing Trump firing Comey to Richard Nixon. And to a hilarious degree, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Nixon fired when, you know, we should look at this and see how Nixon fired his FBI director. Nixon didn't fire his FBI director, you know? Right? <laughs> yeah, only. Who were investigating? Right. No, but one, yeah, he he fired his like special prosecutor. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the only time an FBI director has ever been fired was under Clinton when he was under investigation for like embezzling funds or something like that along that line. And actually, Republicans and Democrats wanted to get rid of him, but he wouldn't resign, so he was forced to be fired. Yeah. And then so it wasn't a real big deal then. But that was the only time in U.S. history, to my knowledge, that an <laughs> FBI director has been fired. Okay, so maybe it wasn't Nixonian until Trump implied that he had tapes and threatened to I mean, everybody. 
I mean, never mind, never mind tapes. It wasn't, it wasn't Nixonian until it ended up being, until Trump ended up saying in an interview that he thought it might slow down the investigation. At that point, it's literally obstruction of justice. Ah, we have Nelson. Hey, Nelson. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Oh, my, aren't you spiffy today? (laughs) (laughs) We were just, uh, talking about, uh, Trump firing Comey. Mm. Do you have words on that subject? He is, uh, not very capable of doing almost anything he sets his mind to, including firing people. <laughs> the one thing he's known for. The one thing yeah. he's known for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, that was the other. That was the other crazy part, right? Like he had this plan to fire Comey. He didn't uh, line up a new person. He didn't contact the people in the House in Congress at all, and like kind of get them on board. He didn't even put out the correct talking points that he was going to run with. He had talking like, points? He well, didn't I mean, fucking contact Comey. Fucking, he found yeah, out about it from the they, TV news. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, 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 the really, that's the really crazy part. Comey wasn't even in Washington, even though the letter was hand-delivered to his office. Comey wasn't even in Washington. He was here in L.A. I read an interesting thing the other day, uh about basically positing that Trump, like we try to over apply theories of mind to people. Yeah. Cause that's what humans do. Right. And so we keep trying to attribute like, Oh, why is he doing this? You know, what is his, what is his strategy for this or that? He doesn't have one. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> the article was like, just stop doing that. He is basically just pure id, just yeah, no reacting one. to stimuli as they come. Chaotic, uh, chaotic evil. Persona, and that's all he's ever been. And the only reason he's been successful is because he started out with enough money to hire some people who held him afloat while he was the face, the front man, the persona, the brand. Um, yeah, exactly. And he's trying to skirt by on that because he's been, you know, successful and rich enough that he actually has convinced himself he's very capable. And mm-hmm. he's not. He still doesn't know what he's doing. He still doesn't know what the office of the president means. Maybe he never will. I don't think he ever will. <laughs> he's a living Simpsons parody. Mm-hmm. And everybody who is working for him has to know that. So when people say that they're going to reach a point where they resign, that passed when they decided to work for a living Simpsons parody. I feel like Pence is just hoping that Trump will step down or rescind more power so he can be president. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the issue is, is that he's such a power, he's such a control freak. He has a glut, he has a gluttony towards power and and status. He'll never. I don't think he'll ever give up the presidency, no matter how many times he says on interviews that you know he thought the you know he thought the job would be a lot easier. He'd much rather go back to his old life because to give up the presidency is to be giving up and failing. And he just wants to win. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that that posturing of like, oh, I just want to go back to my old life is him saying, oh, look at me. I'm working so hard. Oh, I'm so, you know, yeah, it's just posturing. I didn't mean that he would step down. I mean that he would delegate more and more of the actual tasks. Well, so far, he's doing a lot of that to Kushner. Apparently, he's going to be in charge of the Middle East and um, redoing the federal government. Weren't those the things on the bullet list of what Kushner I don't remember. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, don't forget the fact that the Kushner, orga- Kushner company is out in China hawking EB-5 visas. Mm-hmm. About that. Uh, basically, basically selling citizenship. 
The real funny thing is that uh, one of the people that Kushner may be in a bit of trouble for being in business with is actually George Soros. <laughs> the, man that, the man that the Republicans are blaming literally everything on. I never, I, I have never understood the uh, George Soros uh, conspiracy. Like, the guy's like a very big anti-communist. He, he like worked against... Oh, communist but, governments in so many countries. Oh, but but Scojo, don't you know that George Soros is the one that was organizing getting all those child prostitutes to the Clintons on their private plane? <laughs> Pizza, <dude. laughs> I, I will not honor that with a response. <laughs> oh, so you know, after you have after you have a disastrous couple days, the clearly the best thing for Donald Trump to do is to go on Twitter in the morning like one does and then challenge the fired fbi director to a fight he goes i should say james comey better hope that there are no tapes of our conversations before he starts leaking to the press yeah that's an odd thing to say that's a very specific thing to say (laughs) but but remember theory of mind if i was james comey i'd just turn around and go motherfucker I was the head of the FBI. I got all the tapes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I am the tapes. We record every conversation we have. What do you think we're doing? Jesus. Oh, shoot. Trump just put uh, up his weekly address. Good God. Later. You think you can address. embarrass me by leaking the tapes? I'll leak my own sex tape. Nobody <laughs> wants to see it, James. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to see it. You know what surprised me about today? And... Holy like crap! Forty-eight hours. I'm sorry, Nelson. Just one second. The tweet right under the James Comey tweet that Scojo uh, just uh, read out says, "Quote: Maybe the best thing to do would be to cancel all future press briefings and just hand out written responses for the sake of accuracy." Yeah. So two things about that. One, Trump doesn't know how to use quotes, and no. he will never learn how to actually use quotes. Uh, two, they did put out written responses, and they were bullshit. <laughs> like and, both responses that they put out on paper were absolute bullshit. Yeah. Um, what I'm really uh, confused by a little bit is that uh, Sean Spicer is still working for the White House. I was pretty convinced <laughs> that he was out because uh, Sarah Huckabee was was in. Mm. I was pretty convinced he was going to throw himself off a fucking bridge. Isn't doing much better. Watching her on stage, she's making all these funny faces, and she said a whole bunch of false bullshit. I know. She, I mean, that's what Spicer does too. I, so. well, I'm just saying, neither of them have a very good poker face. They both look extremely uncomfortable, like they have the runs, but they just have to just soldier through it. Yep. No, no, Sean Spicer was in New York riding down 58th Street on a mobile pedestal. Oh, God. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, did you see the... That's a... McCarthy on her mobile podium. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what about, uh, what, about how Sp- what about how Spicer was fucking hiding out in the bushes? Oh, no, wait. Hiding out among, among the bushes. Among. Among. And demanding they turn off all of the lights in the press briefing except for, like, the camera lights because he's like, I need some darkness. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> is everybody in this administration just slowly cracking up i hope <laughs> that the stress so? is getting to them well hey look they had a meeting at the white house on 
Thursday or Tuesday, mm. and the meeting was to stop leaking to the press, and they immediately leaked it to the press. So they had the meeting. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> you know, they're getting to this point where they're just like. <laughs> they regret everything all the things well i mean there's some people you got hey you have to have feelings for the people who are not political appointees that just their day job is to work it's in just the there, White yeah. House, you know? staff yeah. number eight seven two five you know uh all right well uh um, oh, yes <laughs> there is a, there is one more thing on u.s politics that we should look at before we move on to the next topic the french yes the french the french yes but anyway, and fucking what's a chops stationery? But fucking, <laughs> did you see the uh, menu requirements for White House functions at the Mar Lago came out recently? Two scoops. Two scoops. <laughs> what? It it's basically like the big headline of it is Donald Tr- uh, guidelines say Donald Trump gets two scoops of ice cream, everyone else gets one. Yeah. <laughs> Are you shitting me? But it's basically just a list of requirements for serving meals that basically say things like, okay, everyone else gets this, and then Trump gets, like, basically that plus one. So, like, he gets an extra bowl of dipping sauce, or he'll get, like, an extra chicken leg, or whatever else. Basically, as long as he's getting slightly more than everyone else. But, Sherba, it it, it is his place. (laughs) I mean, you know. This was real. This was not an onion Let's not let's 100% not stop. Real. Let's not stop at just one more. Give him three times more. Give him a little cardboard <laughs> crown. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I, I say like we should just desperately overfeed Trump. That's what I'm saying. So, and we'll see if we can have two US presidents who get stuck in bathtubs. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or you know, despite his doctor saying he's the most fit person to ever occupy the... Really? You think he can take on Obama in hoops? Anyway, despite his doctor saying that... I don't that, think he can take on Obama in fucking anything. <laughs> let's, see if, let's see if maybe he can't get a heart attack. Uh, All right. Hey, did you see... You saw the... Uh, wait, real quick. Did you you what? saw that the, his lawyers said that he has no... They looked at his tax returns... And he has no ties to Russia, with exceptions. With exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, subtitle means. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that his lawyer is actually the same guy as the doctor is actually Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, they're all just him in different disguises. That'd That's it. Him, his publicist. His publicist, yes. Yeah, and I read something about how the law firm like has an office in Russia. <laughs> you don't <laughs> <just> say. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't confirm that one yet, so I probably shouldn't. <laughs> but, uh, oh my gosh, it's just like, I don't know where we're going at this point. Yeah. So comically really. corrupt and in-our-face corrupt, like they're not even trying to hide it. They'll come up with this cartoonish excuse for everything they do. God, it's. It is basically we're on the level of the Scooby Doo villain wearing a mask. Oh yeah, well most Scooby Doo villains were crooked real estate developers. So, (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, there was a talking dog when we need one. Oh God. There was um, some hope for different things, though, too. Like, for example, there was a uh, they tried to roll back an Obama uh, methane law that got shot down by actually, funny enough, uh, Lindsey Graham and John McCain. 
which was kind of like unexpected because you usually don't think about those two suddenly being pretty liberal on uh, on environmental stuff. But it happened the same day as the Comey firing. So I'm assuming that it was McCain and Graham saying like, well, you know, if you're going to keep screwing us over on this Russia stuff, we might just start making the Senate really interesting. <laughs> that would be great because up until now, they've only just been like, I disapprove of this, but then they vote with the rest of the Republicans. Yeah, no, yeah, not, yeah, a lot yeah. Of, not a lot of spines. Not so much, no. So we saw the, the beginning formation of like just a gathering of cartilage that might turn into a bony spine one day. A gathering of cartilage, yes. Yeah. Over several generations of politician, perhaps a spine may form. Uh, so uh, next on the topics... We've got uh, a little bit of a French politics check-in. Uh, newly elected French President Macron, uh, who is the youngest. I think he's, he's what, 30? 29? How old is he? He's a little boy. He's a boy. He's, yeah, he's a young guy. Um, a little younger than us? No, I don't think he's younger than us. No. No, I'm pretty sure he's he's really young. He's the youngest so far. Yeah, he um, is. We yeah. all know we can check this. Yes, someone, 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 get on that. He Anyways, is 39, 39, 39. Pretty close to my age. <laughs> uh, the uh, so, anyways, he put out this video uh, about a week or so ago, uh, saying basically saying to all the climate scientists and other scientists here in the U.S., hey. We really value science here in France. Come work here. Mm-hmm. Which is straight out of the uh the Cold War playbook. <laughs> yeah. Which which brings me to question, are we the baddies? Yes. <laughs> uh we elected Donald Trump. Yeah. We're the bad guys, right? Have now. you seen the American carbon footprint? Yeah. We're the baddies. Well, I don't think I've but seen we, it, but we killed <laughs> at the least- world. At least if you look at Russia, you can't say that the Russians elected Vladimir Putin. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not even all of us. It's just that our electoral college messed up. Whatever the end result is, we are represented by it. And because we have elections on a Tuesday instead of the weekend, our voter turnout was garbage. And let's not even get started on voter suppression. So it's really only true that about 36% of us are evil. You know what it is? It's against Le Pen uh, in the race. Once all the elections were called, uh, there was a comment that was made by someone, and it came up in my Twitter feed at some at one point. Someone made the comment, "What are you kidding me? You're telling me that all of France now has to because Le Pen was hyper conservative. Um, hyper conservative? No, that's she was fucking Donald Trump with a French accent, is what she was." <laughs> Yes. And maybe a little more, and her party was a lot more related to Nazis back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So there is, a, so a comment was made like by someone who, by not a French citizen, mind you, but an out, but a, uh, a foreign national to, a foreign national who supported Le Pen saying, are you kidding me? You mean that just because a majority of the people voted for Macron, he gets to be president? <laughs> Let me guess. Reddit? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Easy guess. Was 
were they American? Hmm? One more time. Was the the person you're talking about American? I think so. Yeah. It's right. just, it's so I wouldn't say we're the bad guys. So I'd say we're like the hapless minion or the sap, considering that like you know Russia did influence our elections. <laughs> yeah, but. 50 years of, you know, one of the major parties basically trying to destroy the world. Mm. Well, you know what? You know, it has not been 50 years. Uh, you know, H.W. Uh, Bush, uh, yeah, Herbert Walker Bush uh, actually was ran on an environmental platform. You couldn't have just said George Senior Bush Senior. Yeah. Well, you know. Anyway, uh, he ran on a uh, environmental platform, um, and he actually went to the first talks in Rio uh, on climate change. It's just, and and even uh, I'm pretty sure even George W. Bush was not like completely a climate change denier compared to the I'm pretty people sure that putting forward w was. Mm. He didn't do much to help. No. Yeah, but he also, just, uh, I'm pretty sure he did say that it, it existed. Oh. Yeah, he, 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 he may have done hey, Bravo. that. Is Bravissimo. a big step to where we are now. I mean, hey, we now have a president who thinks climate change is a Chinese plot. So we shouldn't be lowering he our standards for the moment. I, there's something that I wanted to say when you said we're not. You know, 36 percent of us are not evil so much as hapless. And it's more something in between that because the Russians wouldn't have had such an easy time manipulating the election if it were not for the inherent racism and sexism of that 36% of people. Mm-hmm. You can call that hapless, but it's still pretty evil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you can't trust those women. Listen, <laughs> know where you live. <laughs> uh... But I think, do you think, do you think a lot of scientists are gonna abandon uh, abandon ship here in the U.S. to go to uh, to go to France? No, I think no. some of them will, but I think a lot of them will stay here because what to fight the good fight? Yeah, fight the good fight, and there's still people who are funding this stuff. It might not be the government, but there are others. I don't know. I, ironically, a lot of the petrochemical companies are funding research into environmental study. I mean, uh, Exxon Mobil is a big one. The Rockefellers are a big one. Oh, uh, you know, to, on this topic, though, Rex Tillerson, the current Secretary of State, uh, just signed an international dec- uh, declaration recognizing climate change. So, I mean, <laughs> you know. Even the well, within the, the administration, they're not deputy, completely deputy there. secretary of state. Kushner is the real one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, they put they put Kushner in charge of the environmental policy <laughs> and Oof. the diplomacy, uh, a special committee on diplomacy. <laughs> I can't wait to see him fix the Middle East. That's, That's going to be, be great. Just, I'm excited. So it is just a real estate deal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, you know what? I would like to note just an FYI. During the Republican debate, that answer was the most rational of the answers given by the Republican candidates at that time. So, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Which one, the Middle East? Yeah, the, when they were talking about solving the Middle East, I think it was Rubio was like, "We we should just back Israel and f everybody else, right? There are Israel's our allies. We should just kill the other people. You know, there's no we're never going to come up with a deal." And then uh, <sighs> Trump was just like, "Hey." Uh, I'm a, you know, I'm in the real estate. This is just a land dispute. This is what I do. It should be really easy. I can figure it out. And I was like, I was like, I mean, you're, uh, that's a better answer than what Rubio gave. <laughs> Again, we 
they shouldn't be lowering our standards because of Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> where they were, right? It, it's not lowering the standards. It's simply recognizing that, oddly enough, that was among the all the shitty answers. That was the least shitty. But the yeah, it was like, I mean, not. Uh, not to go back to the debates, right? Like, but you remember when they talked about healthcare and Ted Cruz was like, "We can't afford to keep people from dying in the street." And <laughs> Trump was like, "Under my presidency, people will not die in the street for lack of healthcare." And I was just like, "Good luck okay. with that." Like, really? This is where our debate's going to be. <laughs> like, don't don't die, right. people. <laughs> but I mean, Trump Trump got elected again because. He didn't have any specifics. He was going to build a wall and, you know, somebody else was going to pay for it. Oh, look, I have a baby. Uh, um, <laughs> well, you do, cut. but she's a bit free roaming at the moment. Yeah. No, no, no. I have a, you know, baby doll. Uh, <laughs> Wait, hold so on. Anyway. I got I to gotta lock the camera on Skojo's feed right now because Kaylee may be back there with a puzzle piece around her waist. Oh, yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's here because of the uh, pop filter. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, my point my point is, is he got elected saying, like, I'm going to make what you guys don't like Obamacare. We're going to have a better health care system. It's, uh, we're going to get rid of Obamacare and have a better health care system. And then they're like, OK, what are you going to do? Right. Like, mm. well, we're going to make NAFTA better. And they they just put it. He just had an interview. um, on uh, The Economist, and they interviewed him on his trade policy, and they were like, so what are your details that's going to make NAFTA better? And he was like, I'm going to make it more fair. Well, you see, to use the phrase that I just coined, you have to prime the pump. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask... Well, we're back. We can't stay on French politics. Okay, let me, Trump, let me ask this. Let me ask this. Let me ask this. Wait, did we so, even arrive at French politics? <laughs> briefly, like like the Shinkansen blowing through the station. That, that's how... <laughs> That's how low of a time we were on the French bother. Let me ask this. Um, Trump policies, or in the case of immigration, his stances on it, have already affected the mentality and the climates in a lot of cities in the United States regarding the uncertainty about importation. There's lots of towns around, particularly around my area, where there are, for example, um, migrant workers who are afraid to be out of their houses lest they be picked up and carted away. Not in any way to diminish the uh, the effect and the impact of that particular policy. If we look at the policy on climate change and the uh, environmental effects, you know, environmental policies of the administration, can we look at that and is there any knowledge at the moment as to whether or not this administration's posi- positions past or present on climate change has had an effect on, for example, uh, the investments made by solar deployment companies or by wind farm construction companies or or movements on in the energy sector in general. <laughs> Tesla notwithstanding, because Elon Musk is a bit of a madman. Well, so the executive order uh, is attempting to do a few things. Back. There's been some regulatory rollback. Um, it's not clear what the effects will be, and a lot of it is being blocked and a lot of it is like oh just uh, investigate whether we can repeal this thing um but the problem right so states that have different standards will still apply yeah and california just won a big case where uh it's i believe it's fuel economy standards are we did higher yep um and they just won a case where that they're like no you can do that 
I mean, in, uh, the, in addition to that, Jerry Brown recently re, uh, recently signed a bit of legislation into law which will raise the tax on gasoline in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the big yeah. problem, mm-hmm. uh, the big problem is not how much they're fucking us. The problem is that the, the needle is starting to go in the wrong direction. Mm. Like doing nothing or, you know, ineffectually trying to break down regulations is in itself bad, even if it isn't effectual, because we're not doing the extremely drastic, like, crazy shit we need to do to, you know, not all be fucked. The environment, exactly. like the all, envi- these, oh, in, all these environmental groups are going to spend all the rest of their, like, they're going to be spending money fighting the administration in court to prevent these, uh, all these executive orders and uh, rollbacks from actually happening. And so they won't happen probably for, you know, years. And they probably maybe into the next administration and they'll just cancel the lawsuit at that point. But <laughs> it's still like Nelson was saying, we won't be moving forward. And, like we you need know, to be. Yeah. So it's just not well, great. One thing to keep in mind is that some of the standards that Obama set are still set in motion until 2020. Mm-hmm. Like that is already going and there's nothing that can really be done to stop that plan short of, you know, Congress stepping in. So since that's already going, Trump is just kind of being like, he's making a gesture more than something very substantial is my understanding. Well, but the problem is that those things were supposed to be built upon. They're not mm-hmm. it, by themselves. Sorry, they were fucked. Might be on 2020. Yeah. Like if, if we hit 2020 and we get, you know, president, uh, God damn it, I can never remember her name. She's from California. Uh, Oprah Winfrey? No. Kamala, Kamala Harris, Kamala, I Har- Kamala Harris, yes. She's Kamala a newly yeah. elected senator. Uh, when we get President Harris um, into the White House and she says, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to try to reach the, the two percent or uh, two degree goal uh, by 2050, like everyone, you know, Paris style. Um the which, things that which, uh, the which, government yeah go ahead sorry the things that the government will have to do in 2020 or in 2024 or in you know 2030 or 2040 to actually hit these goals which in themselves are probably too much warming um will become more and more drastic and we're talking like you know, sh- shutting down large portions of the energy grid of the United States and revamping them. We're talking possibly tens of billions of dollars or tens of trillions of dollars uh, needed to build infrastructure and to build, you know, new power plants and to build smart grids. Uh, and the more, the longer we wait, the more expensive and the, the, you know, crazier shit we'll have to do. I mean, but think about it this way. I mean, the United States hasn't exactly been much of a committer in terms of environmental, I mean, we didn't even we we didn't even ratify our signator our uh, sign our uh, participation in the Kyoto Protocol. We were just signatories. Yeah, we didn't do anything I'm about still it. very angry about <laughs> that. Like, and this yeah, was during, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this was even during a Democratic administration. This I believe this was during mm-hmm. Bill Clinton's term in mm-hmm. office. So I well, mean, we wrote it, and then we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote it. And it well, didn't well, we we co-wrote it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, but it's one thing when you write it, and then you also don't sign it at that point. You're like, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, but I mean, you know, to well, be fair, Bill Clinton had a Republican Congress at that time, so. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Nelson, if you're right and we do end up with uh, President Kamala Harris or Eric Garcetti, as as the local politics whis- seems to be whispering <laughs> around here, uh, President Eric Garcetti. Um, you know, Tommy Carcetti? Eric Garcetti, current mayor of Los Angeles. Um, mm. He, it, it's a, it's a, it's a not very secret secret that he's eyeballing the presidency uh, for the next uh, for the next race. God, I wish we could. I wish we didn't have to talk about the next race. Where we yeah. just finished with this one. Are you kidding? That's the only well, way I stay sane. The last <laughs> one was very good. Scoja, do you have Nate? Do you have Nate Silver tied up in your basement? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's over there. Not yes. 2018 for me. 2018, yeah. True. All true. right, we're gonna move on to something a bit more lighthearted: toys. Uh, yeah, toys are great. So, um, one one complaint I I hear very often in my house is that my brother gets uh way too much, spends way too much time playing uh video games and messing around with his electronic toys. Um, and why can't he just play with his connects or the, all the Legos that we bought him? Uh. Which is better, do you guys think? That's that question in itself is a problem. Okay, yeah. boss dichotomy. Can you define <laughs> electronic toy? Because that that. Uh, bop it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Nelson. No, it's it's bop it, or we're gonna roll with skip it. You know. <laughs> So, so you're asking what's better, Bop It or all non-electronic toys all ever in existence? We're gonna we're gonna have a very have silly argument. We're gonna have a very silly argument here, and this is the whole point of this topic was to be silly, because because personally, um, I've always been a fan of Kinects, which some people will say is 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 heretical against the truth that is Lego. Apparently, yeah, Lego. <laughs> Good. Lego is very good for building things in a lot of detail, but Connects is good for mechanical exploration. Yep, and uh, Playmobil is good for for uh, uh, subtle racism. <laughs> so, uh, which is better? <laughs> okay, mean, well, let's start off with this. Let's start okay. off with this. Which Here's the answer. Do you Zelda prefer? Breath of the Wild is better. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to drop down the money for a Switch and then $60 for Breath of the Wild just for a Zelda game. Oh. oh. Want to go? <laughs> so, here's the thing. Uh, I live in a fancy apartment in Brooklyn with a roof, and I have friends that can come over and play Mario Kart on my roof, on the fancy roof, like the ad. <laughs> I was going to say, do you live in a Nintendo commercial now? Is that what you're doing? You guys look like you're uh, you're like stereotypical people. Too. You've got your you've got your statistically ethnically diverse friend group and and mm-hmm. <laughs> and fairy lights all around you all around the roof. He's in Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, oh, you're actually yeah. able to- I have not actually seen a Switch like in a store to buy yet. So, uh, so the reason why I got a Switch um, is because three or four people that I know got them kind of early and were like, oh, Zelda, this new Zelda is something. It's something special. Uh, and I was like, come on, Nintendo, that console for babies. <laughs> um, and then uh, someone said, 
well, you know, the new stock came up and I was like, I will buy it if I can get the red and blue controller one for MSRP. Like I'm not paying a cent more than the lowest that I could get it. Right. And yeah. then my friend sent me uh, a uh, Best Buy link and I was like, well, okay, here we go. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> See, I'm going to yeah, get the 2DS Lite. Really, the, 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 really the, the new 2DS. That's what I'm getting. I'm not going to get the Switch. The not Switch yet. is like the size of the big, the, the big, the big boy iPhone. The XL. I feel like mm-hmm. it's, is it yeah. not like roughly the si- roughly this size? Yeah, it's like that size. I thought it would yeah. be like iPad sized, but it's this tiny little thing. I could put that in a pocket. But um, back to the topic at hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Must we? <laughs> The digital electronic versus, it depends on what kind of electronic. If it's electronic in terms of, oh, this toy makes some sounds, that's not the same as, oh, this is something with a screen interface and a game and shining that computer light, Um, because those create different kinds of stimulus. And Mm. depending on what developmental level you are, that can be good or bad. Okay, Um, well, let's, let's narrow it down then. Um, okay. let's say, let's say Nintendo 2DS. Let's just go with that. Okay, Nintendo okay. 2DS. Uh, that kind of thing is really best for kids who are 10 and up and not all day. Like, we're talking sessions of, like, 30 minutes to an hour or so, and then it can increase as they get older. Because being on screens that much when you're little starts to make you lose patience with other things that you have to be learning how to do in your life. Mm-hmm. These kids have, they're fussier, they have lower tolerance, they have lower attention spans because their brains are already getting wired for this high stimulus, high reward digital world. Interesting. Now, it's still good to have digital stuff for kids, like start weaning it in um, gradually as they're reaching, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade and stuff because we do live in a digital world and we do need to be able to operate on those terms as we come into adulthood. But learning basic social and motor skills and language skills is generally best to thought to be limited computer, limited screen time until you're about 10. I'm an educator, by the way, so I just wanted to let you know that I'm looking at the research regularly and how kids are reacting in these different studies. Scojo. You have a you have a tiny tot. What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I know one that I just had on a tablet for ten hours. In the car. <laughs> <laughs> I want to remind you, she's still awake right now at ten o'clock. <laughs> she's also yes, yeah, still awake at nine fifty, <laughs> <laughs> watching Netflix, which is on continuous play, so that I don't. So she tries to stay out of here for a bit. She's <laughs> a very active stimulant, and I understand why parents want to use them because it's really helps you get things done during the day. Um, and it's stimulating for the kids. They enjoy it. Yeah, but you don't want to reach the point where you're having them babysat by Uncle iPad. Whoa, no. whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. We were... Ba- I, I, I grew up basically in the 90s. I was babysat by cable TV. <laughs> I wasn't. My, my TV. And look how that turned out. Yeah. I feel like at least the interactive stuff like an <laughs> iPad with like a game on it at least is somewhat more interactive than like putting your kid in front of the TV the whole time. Though I find that what Kaylee does like right now, though I turned out the lights because I hope that maybe she'd fall asleep, <laughs> uh, is that she'll sit there and like play with the train set and like kind of 
while she watch like looks at a mm. TV show or something, she'll go and play with a bunch of stuff too, mm-hmm. and then just kind of casually pay attention to the screen. She's, she's preparing for when she's going to be watching Netflix and then like yeah. browsing I mean, Twitter on her phone. Yeah, I mean, when I was in high school, I did all my homework in front of the TV, yeah. you know, because this was like you know early internet. Uh, you know, doing my homework with the TV on, like watching yeah. TV, doing my homework. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really watch a lot of TV as a kid. Yeah, well, you were deprived. And, yeah. I, I was. <laughs> I, so I also didn't have a video game console at all, even though I was a, a gamer uh, until very late. I think I got a place, an original big fat PlayStation, when the PS2 came out. Yeah, I was about this. I was about the same. Oh. I was always one console bef- behind. Like my I friend had like an N sixty four. I had a Sega Genesis. I didn't have anything. Oh, I did have a. Um, oh, what was it? It was like ninety four. It was a. Uh, it was one of those like third party one. It was like by Panasonic or something. Oh Jesus. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I would always. I would, Playboy. I would go to friends' houses after school and play mm-hmm. video games. At, at their place. Yeah. I, you know, it was the same for me. I didn't get a Sega Genesis until much later. Yeah, My I mean, mom was all like, I uh, begged and begged and begged and begged and begged and she finally let me get a Game Boy Pocket when I was 13 because Ooh. she could easily take that away. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then she didn't allow any consoles into our house until I was in college and wow. all my sisters to have the it fun. sucks to be the oldest sometimes. It does. It does. So, I got my first console when we moved in together in 2005. It was a PlayStation 1. <laughs> PS2 had been out for a few years already, but we were like, we're really poor. We're going to play this Sasha <laughs> game. <laughs> Nothing was better than when the Xbox came out and the PlayStation 2 were out than rocking up to EV games and buying a whole bunch of Dreamcast games. Ooh. So good. No, so... I think the main important thing with a child, though, is that whatever you're doing with them, regardless of it's watch, putting them in front of a TV or putting them in front of a tablet, is interacting with them at yeah. the same time. Like, I think, um, pro, like, with whatever they're doing seems to be the best way. And they'll be interested in, you know, especially at, like, you know, two, three, they're going to be interested <laughs> in whatever you're doing. So if you go over and play with the trains, like, they're going to be interested in the trains. If you play with the tablet... They're going to want to play with a tablet. If they, you know, they they just want to play with whatever or see whatever you're using and figure out what you're doing. And yeah. they'll find it interesting. They'll also get really obsessed with like certain things. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, my, my brother was uh, my brother is 11 right now, but we would have him watch Thomas the Tank Engine and we bought him so Oh many of those trains good god uh and then and then what was it it was thomas the tank engine for a long time and then he got into pokemon and then Yu-Gi-Oh, and then pokemon again and then Yu-Gi-Oh again and then he got into beyblades uh, 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 but now he's into mega man which is i'm, I'm okay with this better late than never well, yeah, yeah, right? yeah kind of. Yeah, I mean, he's borrowing. Uh, he's borrowing um, Fred's PS uh, PSP, which he loaded up with a whole bunch of Mega Man emulator stuff on it. So, nice. yeah, he's Minecraft and stuff. Um. Oh, by the way, speaking of video games, uh, Nelson, tell us hmm. what it was like to to dance through a grove of VR penises. What? 
You post up oh. this. You posted this picture up like a month ago when I originally scheduled this topic of you in VR. I think with Mike, and it was just yeah. a field of VR penises drawn in middle in the midair. What was that about? Um. So, uh, Facebook launched their like VR hangout with your friends app. Yeah. Uh. So Mike and I logged in and connected it was it's still very early days um but the one really there was two things you can do you can use a selfie a vr selfie stick uh to take pictures and you can draw in 3d with a pen uh and you can clone the things that you draw all right that's all we need that's it vr can we just can we just look at the 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 phrase VR selfie stick and agreed that this is perhaps one of the most like late, mid to late uh, 2010 things there ever was. You know, they work really well though. It's, it's <laughs> kind of strange. It's something I would do in VR, but not in real life, which is a weird, there needs to be a word for that. Uh, my brain is saying liminality but i don't think that word means what it thinks it means that's, no. that's not what that means no i didn't think so um you know it'd be interesting what age is like the proper age to introduce a child to vr so i can actually help with this yes please um, the rules that uh the rules that oculus and valve have put out uh basically say we when we demo stuff at PAX, we do not let kids under thirteen into VR. Pretty much like Ever. hard stop. Yeah. Um, I have seen some like nine or ten year olds in Expo on uh, on Vives, which I it, it seems like they're less prone to break them. Um, <laughs> But I think but the concern seems- is more more the the children themselves becoming broken. I think that's that's the bigger concern. Thirteen year olds, when you put them in VR, they take to it so naturally. It's kind of terrifying. Like you're like, okay, you're a wizard, and you've got you know a fireball in this hand, and you've got a shield in this hand, and they're like, yep, yep, I got this. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it's like instant. Wow. Huh. Yeah. It's like those, uh, uh, what are those Gundam, what's that term for the Gundam pilots that were born in space? New type. Yeah, new type. They're like, yes. new type. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because a lot of these kids are growing up with earlier exposure to various different kinds of augmented reality on the games they play. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's a little bit more second nature. My, oh, we got to keep them away. Uh, no, my sense of this is like you, you start out almost none and then you slowly wean it up and when you start out you have it be like Skojo said interactive puzzles and stuff like you don't want it to be uh, a candy crush type of thing where it just throws you bells and whistles um but it is very important for kids to have a lot of time doing imaginative play Mm -hmm. just with regular uh, non-moving toys or Legos and stuff. They need to get a chance to do role-playing. They need a chance to use their imaginations completely freely. They need a chance to socialize. They need a chance to explore the world tactily. Um, and that was your age. Hands. We just went out into the backyards and threw back. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. no, but what if it's a virtual Lego land? I you mean, mean, that is, that you okay, mean like uh, Minecraft? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Minecraft's a little bit. I'm saying like it actually is like, hey, we pick up these Legos. But it's not tactile. We need these tactile yeah. experiences when we're really young. Are you saying we should put limits on our children? <laughs> <laughs> I need to go with food, but I have one last note about yes. uh, VR and kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and this is, I don't have any studies or anything. This is just my observations. It seems like People who have learned to use abstracted interfaces, like uh, quote-unquote hardcore gamers or um, people that use a lot of web apps and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, they've learned a bunch of abstractions like a mouse and, you know, a keyboard and UI menus and all of these abstractions where when they go into VR and it's well-designed VR and it doesn't have these abstractions, they get confused. (laughs) <laughs> where they're like, how do I, how do I crouch? And you're like, well, you take your legs and you, you go like this. <laughs> I need to hit shift. Where's the shift key? Yeah. Your knees, your knees are shift. Well, how uh, do I get into the sub menu? <laughs> I think that contributes to like kids who don't have that in that baggage of kind of kinesthetic knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just like, oh yeah, I just duck down and I just throw these things. So this is just a big metaphor for the inverted mouse thing in first person shooters. <laughs> the inverted <laughs> mouse thing? What? <laughs> well, no, like some people that grew up on a certain, um, you know, with a certain interface, they, they like to use first person shooters with an inverted mouse like me. Ah. Uh, whereas other people do not. All right. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. We've hit about our hour mark here, and I think we've had a good show. Uh, thank you to thank you, Judith and Allie, for for coming on. Uh, you can oh, hear. Hmm? Thank you for having us. Oh, you you two are always welcome. Uh, you can catch their show, Gay Breakfast Podcast, on their Patreon, oh. www.patreon.com slash gay breakfast. Uh, thank I'm you on. to uh, Nelson, thank you to Skojo, and thank you, Cherba. And uh, you'll hear from us next week on Acceptable Vices. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.